Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, my guest is Judy V, who teaches us how to live an iconic life. I would like to begin this episode with a trigger warning that we talk about some pretty intense things in the beginning of the episode, so please be sure to take care of yourself. From the age of three until her mid-twenties, Judy was in a situation where her family locked her up. She was locked in a room, isolated, wasn't able to receive an education or be around friends or peers or to socialize. She was stabbed. She was shot at. She was beaten. She was abused. And her body was manipulated in so many ways. This was such a horrendous experience for her. And at that point, she felt like she was just the shell of a body with a heartbeat and really had nothing to live for. When she was 15, she had this moment where she looked in the mirror and she was able to experience aware consciousness. And this is the moment where everything shifted in her life and transformed. Everything changed. Judy was able to escape and create a new life for herself. And we talk about what that experience was like for her. When you hear Judy talk, you will understand how she has cleared that trauma out of her past and is living her best life. She works with other people energetically to clear their negative points of view and perceptions that no longer serve them. She is absolutely an inspiration, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode. It was really interesting. I thank you so much for being here. And if you're enjoying these episodes, please take a moment to like and subscribe. It will mean so much to us. And I thank you so much for being here. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello, good morning, Judy. I'm so excited to have you on the Connected Community Podcast today. Thank you, Nikki. I'm really looking forward to this. I love, love, love your topic. Love it. Oh, thank you. So I'm thinking about how an approach, like your story is so big and broad and powerful, and I do kind of feel like we need to start at the very beginning for people to understand who you are, where you came from, and how you evolved from that. Um, So would you like to just kind of start sharing a little bit about your childhood and your background and what that was like for you, like prior to age 15? Right. If I may, Nikki, I would love to frame it for where I am now, what my model of the world is, and then I go back and I can lead yes. up to it, right? Yes. So, like, it's a, you know, yeah, it's a beautiful story, right? But the, um, m- the premise of my model of the world is that we are anatomically designed to connect, communicate, and create from infinite being. And with that, we are everything. We are divine. We contain within us physically, chemically, spiritually, energetically, the seeds of original creation. And with that, we are divine. We're one with it all. Nothing is missing. We are everything. And as such, we have access to all information, all knowledge, all intelligence, all wisdom. And we anatomically have that connect. When we anatomically connect, we get that information. And all issues, challenges, problems, and blocks, obstacles is an invitation to come back home to ourselves, which is counterintuitive because we're taught to seek outside. Mm-hmm. Saw that, I experienced that, 
And it put me on a trajectory of life that has mm. literally allowed me to live a life of love, prosperity, and adventure mm. against okay. all odds that was not predictable. Mm. So when I go back and put that into context of where I've come from, is it's, it's crazy. So your listeners, um, I will be gentle, but it might be a little bit triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew, when I was young, I was locked up and abused really seriously um, and um, violently in all ways from the, about the age of three um, until I escaped in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Isolated from life, isolated from society, isolated from education, everything. I had none of that, none of that whatsoever. And mm. um, multiple abusers, and I was shot, I was stabbed, I was My beaten, I was like, you name it, it was done. And I don't want to go too graphic. Mm. One doesn't need to, but it was horrendous. I literally lived purely because of my heartbeat. And mm. I begged at night oh, so often to not, for my heart to stop beating when I slept. Mm. It didn't, it kept going. <laughs> but, um, and I literally felt like a piece of meat. It was, I, there was nothing. I was, I was a mm-hmm. shell, just was nothing. Mm-hmm. Until one particular morning, um, after a pretty bad night, it had been a long night of extreme torture, and I walked into the bathroom, and I walked out of the hand base, and I remember looking in the mirror and seeing myself for the first time. It was literally like I saw myself for the first time. I'm sure I've saw myself many times, but there mm-hmm. was a conscious awareness that I experienced in that moment. And in that moment, it was like I was reaching into my eyes, through my eyes, because I was looking at, I was looking beyond my physical form, beyond the bruises and the blood on my face, Mm -hmm. threadbare, torn, sort of nighty. I was going beyond there and I was reaching in and I grasped something in my solar plexus. And I remember that feeling, that moment of connection. It was life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, that connection, I grabbed size something. And for years, I called it my something. I was not educated. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Years, I called it my something. And the next moment, I was transported. And I was literally outside. It was a cold November morning. It was darkish. And it was raining. And it was miserable in Dublin and Ireland. And um, I just remember, I wasn't cold. But I was just... It was just amazing sensation of being this one with everything, mm-hmm. and the trees, the, the the rain on the window, the the birds, the grass being cut mm-hmm. in the distance. I could smell it. Just being one with it all. Were you and actually then, outside in that moment, or were you imagining? It was. It was, it okay. was not. I know it was just. A, it was like a supernatural moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the next moment I was like blanketed with this sensation that I had no idea what it was. I'd never felt anything like it before in my life, ever, anywhere close to it. It was so huge, more than what I've ever yet been able to find the words to articulate it accurately with. Mm -hmm. But it was just incredible. It was the most extraordinary sensation. And then I realized it was was divine love. Mm -hmm. I was was going to say, yeah. Now Mm -hmm. I know it was divine love. It was Mm -hmm. a sensation of love for me as a child that didn't know love. Um, but now I know because the, the intensity of that love was, was, it was divine love. In that moment, I looked up and I saw myself standing in front of the mirror. I could see, I was out of my body and I could see myself. And mm. in that moment of experiencing that love, of, of, that, of, of, of getting the awareness of that love, 
And in that moment, I healed. For everything I had been through, was going through, and everything I was yet to go through. It was a complete collapse of time, of all timelines. And in that moment, I then was like, I had a vision or I had an awareness or had a sight that gave, I could see the primordial field. I could see one of everything. I could okay, see- what, what, when you say primordial field, can you share a little bit about what that means to you? It's just like you're just seeing everything. You're just seeing it all. You're seeing everything. It, it was. It was like. It was like as if everything was on hyperspeed, but yet it was so calm. And I could see timelines. I could see all things happening. I could see visions of of things, things and people I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But just what? everything, creation. Mm-hmm. I just it was just the most extraordinary experience. And I could see all the different ways in which I could create a life. And in that moment, I sort of my higher levels of awareness planted three seeds in that moment. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And it was love, prosperity, and adventure. I didn't use the word prosperity at the time. I used luxury because I didn't know the word prosperity, but prosperity encompasses more of the Mm -hmm. truth of who I am than just luxury was prosperity. And in that, and, and in that moment planting that I had absolutely no doubt whatsoever, none, zero, zilch, nada, no doubt that that would be my life. I could see it. It was mine. I, it was mine. It was guaranteed. It was mm-hmm. what I chose from that field. Mm-hmm. There was everything. It was just everything. Um, and I saw that all of it was underpinned by love, compassion, and joy. All of it. Everything in that field is underpinned by that. And then back into my body. How long do you think that lasted? I have no idea, <laughs> but my suspicion is not long, mm-hmm. right? I actually have no idea. That mm-hmm. I didn't have a watch. I, was, I didn't, wasn't aware of time mm-hmm. in those days. Didn't have any. I just clueless. Mm-hmm. So, but it wasn't long. I, I don't mm-hmm. believe it was long. Mm-hmm. But let me ask I you know. one more question, actually, about that experience. Because you were locked up and you were isolated, and you did you you, you don't have siblings, is that correct? I, I do, but I was not with them. I was taken away from them. Okay. Did they experience the same thing? No. No. Oh, interesting. Okay. It was, only, it was only me. So you were completely isolated. You didn't go to school. Is that correct? And mm-hmm. so you're basically locked up. So when you're having these experiences and you're seeing these things. You were actually seeing things out in the real world that you had actually never seen, correct? That you probably yes. didn't understand until later that that that, that was in the world outside oh, of your bedroom. One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Completely. And 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 here's how it actually materialized moments later. Um, in the um, as I came back into my body. There was a sensation I, I realized. Well, there was a couple of things I realized that I knew without a shadow of a doubt I would escape. I didn't need to, because I had experienced that, the truth about time, I didn't need to know when. I had no anxiety about that. I just knew it would happen. I had zero anxiety around time. I knew it would happen. I would escape. And I knew without a doubt, a shadow of a doubt, it would be an incredible life. 
Um, and I also knew that you can do anything to this mortal body, but nothing and no one can touch my something. Mm-hmm. Nothing could touch my something. And between the time back into my body and walking out of the bathroom, I knew something else that makes no sense. Um, and in the context of the deeply sort of spiritual experience I just had, it's rather funny. I knew that I, when I escaped, I would get a job. The last thing on my mind at that stage was getting a freaking job, right? Because you're 15, right? yeah. And yeah. you had no education. No education. I could barely read or write, okay? Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, I knew that I would get a job in with oil and gas, shipping, stockbroking, or merchant banking, and I had no idea what they were. I right. had no clue. The, <laughs> those words just came to my head, and I had no clue. No clue. Something else happened that from then on, I was never again just a piece of meat, just living because my heart beat. Mm-hmm. I had the most extraordinary inner joy. I had inner peace. I had calmness. I had serenity. I had excitement just because mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what my environment was like. The torture, the abuse, the hell continued. And during the moments that that was happening, absolutely, I was traumatized. I was in pain. I was, it was not pleasant. This, you know, it was the same, right? That didn't change. Mm-hmm. But when, it was back, when I was back on my own and it was being left alone, I was very quickly back into mm-hmm. my truth, my connection. Mm-hmm. Very Did quickly. you not have anxiety that, oh, my gosh, the door's going to open any minute, something's going to happen, I'm going to get beaten. Did you not have that undercurrent? Yeah. By then, by then, you're in a cadence. You know what's going to happen. You're so in tune. You know when and you're sort of prepared and all that sort of stuff. So um, after living with that for so many years, you, you mm-hmm. know it. So um, there's a cadence. You know the the energy changes and you just know what's coming. So how did you handle that for those years before you escaped those, those torturous I, moments? Well, before, before the event, now I had minor events prior to that, but nothing as big as this one when I was about 15. Before that, it was just complete surrender. Now here's an interesting way. Like we're going to go slightly off here in terms of um, my Philosophy and model of life, as I have learned from those experiences and my subsequent research, is that before um, it was the moment of the actual event happening, and this is this some people could probably see it as unconventional, but the moment the actual event happens and you're and it's happening. You have no no one outside which we are all conditioned and programmed and hereditarily programmed to seek outside for help, for survival, for, for, for everything. But there is nothing outside of you in this case. There's nothing. There's nothing. The only thing you have is to connect within. And in that moment, and I really truly believe that just about everybody that experiences that trauma like that that's what happens is you experience that inner connection. And that's how we survive these things. That's how women across the world has survived the unmentionable over the, over the centuries. Mm-hmm. 
and you connect with something inside of you. And that connection is, is so profound. It is so um, divine that there is a serenity around it. The moment it's over, now the mind is in action and now there's judgment and there's a, there's a perceptions and, and, and we then amplify all of that with the mind that's in action, that part of the brain that's in action about all the bad, the suffering and all that. And now we've lost that divine connection. Now you can't, I liken it to when you're in that connection, you can see, but when you lose it, you're now blind, but you're now blind having had sight. And that's part of what amplifies the trauma and the drama and the wounds. Because now it's, it's not only you dealing with all the stuff, you now got the loss of that connection. This is very advanced conversation, but mm -hmm. It is something that I really, really believe in. I think it, and my, my can, I can go through all my life and I can demonstrate how I know this to be so. Mm -hmm. And I believe that therapy very often deals with the wrong thing. It's not mm -hmm. about the event. It's about how we feel and all the stuff that we go through or the narrative we apply. It's mm -hmm. not about the event. Because mm -hmm. We all have the capacity for wholeness in that moment of infinite being connection. We have capacity for wholeness. And when there's wholeness, there's no healing required. Does that make sense? So you're saying that when people are experiencing a trauma, then there's a connection with their body and there's a wholeness. But then when the trauma is over, then the mind gets in the way, starts creating stories, narratives, judgments. And that's where the disconnect with, with self yeah. happens and the disconnect with the experience. Yeah. And that's amplified by the fact now that you haven't got, you know, you haven't got sight. You haven't got the divine connection because you had it. And it was a profound, uh, it, you were, there were, you were bigger than you. You were more than you. You saw something greater, experienced a moment, even if it's a split moment of truth. But now that you disconnect, how do you get back to that? Mm -hmm. And that, mm -hmm. and, and this is not something we are able to consciously articulate because it's so out of our sphere of awareness. This is not what society talks about. Mm -hmm. So it's opposite of the disassociation during trauma that a lot of people talk about. 100 million thousand percent. And this is what I do. I do the opposite because what causes, what I call that dissociation, fragmenting. And we fragment when we're out of it, not in it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I clear with people. And I clear it in seconds. In mm -hmm. seconds, it's an energetic fragment, disconnect that happens after the event, not during it. Mm -hmm. And that I clear in seconds for people because we end up having many people who've gone through trauma. And this is an interesting thing, Nikki. It doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be as severe as myself. It doesn't have to be severe at all. Mm -hmm. It can be a mm -hmm. child who's five years old who was, who, who misinterpreted the tonality of a teacher. Mm -hmm. And that became like, whoa, a trauma moment for that person. And they fragment. They, or did they go into a moment of dissociation? And now they're fragmented. And over, you, we can have these, these experiences throughout our life. 
and you end up with thousands of fragmented parts of you or dissociated parts of you. And that's what causes so much self-doubt and, and uncertainty and fear and um, low self-worth and um, what's the other word? Imposter syndromes and all of that because you've got all of these fragments. Mm-hmm. It's not from the trauma. It's from everything that goes on mm-hmm. after it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So how are you able to clear that for other people? Um, <laughs> no, long story-ish. Um, so... I don't know. I have a gift of being able to do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. And and the interesting thing is that um, I'm able to clear those. And at the, any, I'm able to clear it because of my experience of being in the primordial field. I can connect to the primordial field very easily. Mm-hmm. And I have found since because if I go back to that bathroom experience when I walked out and it, it took another six years for me to escape. Mm-hmm. And in the six years, I had this calmness and this joy and this trust and this faith in me and my own divinity. And therefore, in my divinity, I am everything. There's nothing I cannot do. There was nothing. The word can't or no never came into my sphere of awareness for many, many years. And I knew I would escape. So I was preparing myself for that. I trusted that I was preparing. And I did escape. And within, when I escaped, I knew I had to leave the country. Mm -hmm. I left the country, left Ireland. I landed in London. It was in November, Friday night, alone, with nothing and no one. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. But within one week, I had two job interviews. One was in a shipping company. The other one was a trading accountant for an oil and gas trading floor. And that's the job I took. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I had no clue. I walked into the office the first day, saw a computer. I'd never seen a computer before in my life. Oh, my gosh. But I did it. I turned it on. Mm -hmm. I did the work. I was providing reports daily to the chairman in New New York. Mm -hmm. I just knew what to Mm -hmm. do and how to do it. I played played violin for an orchestra in London as a part-time job. I did these things. How is that possible? Mm Mm-hmm. I represented a couple of years later South Africa at International World Championships diving. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that I've done are not predictable because I understand how to work the primordial field. Mm-hmm. And for years, that was my reality mm-hmm. until it wasn't. And this is the interesting part. For years, I was able to create nonstop. And I was doing also, I was like, I competed nationally at swimming. I competed nationally at water skiing. I was a sponsored pilot. I was a competitive pilot and all the things. Money, making money was like, it was like breathing to me. It was the easiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Because everything is created in the primordial field. It was the easiest thing for me. And I remember at one point, and I was in Cape Town. I was living in South Africa, living in Cape Town. I had it all. I had everything. Um, and I was in a paragliding community. We were, test, we were test pilots of the new gliders and stuff like that. And I remember feeling or observing that I don't fit in. And people don't get me and I don't get people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, always had some sort of friends, but they were never, never in one close. And I decided, and this was a decision, I'm going to be normal. I made that decision. I'm going to be normal. 
Well, then pursued 18 months of sheer, unadulterated hell. Mm -hmm. What did that that look like? The moment I made that decision, I became normal. And it became more important to me to be accepted, more important to me to have be liked, and more important to me to be invited out to all the parties. And if I didn't have five or six parties lined up in a day, I was beating myself up and all the things and all the ways I did all the things that are normal, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and I lost my connection. Mm-hmm. And then life started getting harder and harder and struggling and struggling. And it was just hell. So I started looking for connection again, looking for more excitement. So I'd be flying dangerously. I would be doing dangerous things in my extreme sports and I would just be dangerously living and looking for something from outside to fill this vapid void in me. It Mm. was horrendous. And then that worked. And then I would just like say, I just need the world to stop. Just stop, stop. Give me a minute. I need to think. And the only way I could stop the world was to take an overdose. It's the only way I could do it. Mm-hmm. End up in a coma, all the things, all the ways. I would calm my mind down. Okay, so what's going on? What's all that about? What's going on here? Right? I'm not recommending overdoses. It's just mm-hmm. a bizarre thing I did. And, and then I did another one and another one and another one. It got so bad that I was in hospital in a coma having a stomach pump. Out after a few days, straight away, another overdose. Back in. Wow. It just got crazy. I took like nine or ten in a few months. Mm. No one expected me to live. No one. And like, as you can imagine, it was just crazy behavior until I woke up from the last one and I will never forget it. And I woke up in the moment I woke up from the coma covered in charcoal from yet another freaking stomach pump. And I woke up and I realized I'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. Here I was living a life that mm-hmm. people would die for, right? I had it all. I had everything. But inside I was in hell. Mm-hmm. Yet, when I was going through all that trauma, locked up with nothing, with no one but myself, inside I was in heaven and outside my life was hell. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, because during the time of me going mad, I was institutionalized, I was locked, you know, locked up again, <laughs> you know, institutionalized and had therapists. I was forced to go through therapy, forced to go through hypnotherapy. I had no choice. I was forced to do it. And they wanted me to run the story, run the story. And I kept saying, there is no wound there. I am whole. There is, mm. that is nothing. That is not what's going on. And then when I woke up, reconnect to my something. Mm-hmm. And that was 20, that was April, 1999. And my life has never been the same since. Mm-hmm. It just exponentially just grows and grows and grows. I, like, Soon after that, I met my, well, he was, soon after that, well, I, he was my best friend at the time. Soon after that, I fell in love with my best friend, mm-hmm. who is now, who is, who soon after that became my husband. And now 23 years later, here we are. Yeah. Still married and happy. And he's my best friend, my lover. And yeah, that is not the story of somebody who's had those sort of experiences. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. It's because I understand the primordial field. I understand that we are anatomically designed to connect, communicate, create from infinite being, that we are divine. We have access to all information and any obstacles, blocks or challenges is an invitation to come back home to self. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always think that, that our greatest growth comes from our biggest wounds um, and just g- 
going through hard experiences and figuring out the lessons from them. Are you, you're saying that it goes way deeper than that though? Yeah, mm -hmm. I believe so. I do believe so. There's another whole sort of side to this conversation we could go, we could go down as well. Um, and that is, you know, so why does this happen? How does this happen? What is mm -hmm. it about me that this could come this happened why do we why do we experience these sort of traumatic events what's going mm -hmm. on and um and how do we deal with that mm -hmm. um and mo that, that's another whole topic mm -hmm. again which is what i have spent 20 years now mm -hmm. researching and understanding mm -hmm. um and in this world that we live in um in this 3d world of matter that we're living in First of all, I'm going to say that in my model of the world, what I've understood, what I've seen is not everyone comes from the same place. We come from different places, obviously, because we come from, um, um, we, we're at different stages in our evolution. Right. right? We come with different, from different dimensions and different timelines. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we're all different over and above what a color of our skin is or our mm -hmm. creed is or our history or our wealth or whatever the country we come from, whatever that is. We're, there's an energetic difference between everybody. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me ask you really quickly with that vein, do you feel like people choose the bodies that they go into and their stories? Yes, to a point. To a point, they choose the body, they choose this, the evolution that they're here to do. But there is something else that we have to deal with in this world, and that is um, what I call energetic interference. There's an energetic interference that prevails in this 3D world of matter. And that interference comes from many different um, sources. One of those sources is... Um, so, yeah, I don't want to go into that because that would be a whole podcast in itself. Mm -hmm. But it's energetic interference that we get impacted by, and that energetic interference it it that energetic it takes our energy from our energy centers, but more importantly from our magnetic energy center, and that's the part of us that's able to hold the love, compassion, empathy, gratitude, and compassion, and all those high vibrational frequencies. And energetic interference saps us of that. And the more and more uh, we're taken out by that in energetic interference, the more low vibration we become and the more low vibration we are living in. And there, are, there is a spectrum in which we respond to that. And one, one side of that spectrum is criminality against human, humanity, like people who are abusing me and, and people who, who abuse, who are abusive. Mm -hmm. Rapists, criminals, whatever it is. Then you get the other side of that spectrum, who people who then um, self harm or suicidal, uh, who um, are alcoholics, whatever they they get, they come into self destruct, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that is the that is when we that is where we tend to get taken out, right? By people who are taken out. That's where we people when you are as a child and you're born um, and you have a light, you have a curiosity. Mm -hmm. and this is why some children are more targeted than others is that they um, are a target for people who are low vibrational because they have been so taken out, which is why I really truly understand that when you, 
that everything is is every the truth of who we are is love, mm-hmm. and there is no judgment because the when people do the bad things, it's not because they are bad; it's they've been taken out by energetic interference. Mm-hmm. When you start to understand that, you start to take things less personally and start to understand humanity, and you're able to see more more clearly. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The idea that it's not personal, it's not against me, that there's like this good and yes. evil in the world and it's I'm not necessarily the target. I just happen to be caught in this crossfire. Yeah, you're a light that was targeted, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I was having this conversation with my husband about light and I, I have some friends in my world that their lights are really, really bright and they're kind of dimming. And then I have others that are dimming and they're getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And so what can we do to brighten that light and make sure it doesn't get dimmed out? Okay. It's stay clear of energetic interference. That's, how do we, that's how do we do that? How do we avoid, how do we avoid something that we get in the crossfire of? We, we, uh, you know, yeah. This is a really good conversation, Nikki, and really important because we have the capacity. Okay, so just rewind back a little bit. We're anatomically designed. Body is the lead, not mind, not being. Mm -hmm. Being is the mind, right? Body is the lead. Body receives the awareness from infinite realms and or infinite being, and we move on that before it gets to the mind. Mm -hmm. We are trained and conditioned to move from the mind, Mm -hmm. right? That's how our education system works and all that. The problem is 99.9% of whatever's going on in the mind is energetic interference, right? Mm -hmm. It's conditioning, it's programming, it's energetic interference. It's being in other realities, synthetic realities, other people's realities, the the matrix realities, corporate realities, government realities, anything but our own authentic reality, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, so we, we need to, um, be clear of all of that energetic, um, interference so that we can connect and receive awareness from our, our higher self or infinite being so that we are always the authentic projection and physical form of our truth. Mm-hmm. All right. And to do that, we need what I call a harmonized trilogy of being. So the trilogy of being is body, being, and planet. That's what makes this physical thing that is chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I am not, I my model of the world, and this is shocking, but it is what it is. In my model of the world, I believe ego is a, con- a false construct. I believe that ego is a very heavily interfered with false construct that is corrupted. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a dissociation. It, it, we don't, it, it's a separation and all that. When we harmonize trilogy being, body being, and planet, clear of all energetic interference, we are now holistically connected and we move on the awareness. And when we move on awareness, in other words, you do something without thinking. You, you just know. There's mm-hmm. no deliberation, no, no planning, nothing. It's just you do it. Only after you've done it does it go to the mind. And when it goes to the mind, that part of the mind it goes to is the newest part of the brain, which is our forebrain, the telecephalon, which has got foresight, insight. And in there lies our intuition. And that's where you're marrying intuition with awareness. And that's where you create miracles and magic mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. When you're moving on mind, the brain in action, you're using the known which is the oldest part of our brain. And it will only give you that which is known based on everything you perceive and all the judgments and all the beliefs that you have, which keeps us trapped in the in Groundhog Day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to break out, trying to break out, trying to break out. You won't, you can't. 
You can only do that when you move in on awareness in the infinite possibilities, pure potentiality. And that's the zone I lived in for years without understanding it until I stopped. Mm-hmm. But I've got back into it. But now I have the benefit of un- I've got the emotional um, what's the word? maturity now to understand, mm-hmm. to be in this world, to connect in this world, and to be in the field of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally understand everything that you're saying. And, um, and I do think our minds are really powerful and they get in the way and it's all conditioning and it's other, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and all the things that people have placed on us. And it gets really confusing, um, at times. And that if we can move from that place of awareness, then things flow. And when we move from that place of our mind, we get blocked and we get, we bump into walls. Um, I have this knowing about that and I've experienced it. I have a meditation practice. I've, I've done ayahuasca. Like I've had these deep experiences where I've connected with source. Um, but having said that, it's really difficult to, uh, to kind of calm down the chatter of the mind sometimes. Um, and even I can do that in moments of meditation, but to live that all the time is really tricky. So what tips do you have for people to, kind of release the thoughts and also knowing when it's our intuition talking and knowing when it's our little mind chattering away that's talking and and how to know what to trust yeah that, that so there's a few things there the mind chatter is the analytical mind and act you know the brain and analytical brain in action which is you know generally speaking um um a lot of um, injected thoughts, injected um, um, ideas and concepts and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the reason why that is because the magnetic energy center for most people is so shut down, right? It's so, so shut down. And then the other thing is that it gets activated when we meditate, but then people don't carry that out into their everyday life, right? Meditation done, dusted, and then they go out. Next thing they're honking on their horn or they're mm-hmm. shouting at the poor bank teller. You know, they're not carrying that vibration out because they're getting taken out by energetic interference. So it's about being aware, being consciously aware. What are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, you know, this whole thing of being unconsciously competent is, is, an, is, is no. My first language is awareness. That's my first language, mm-hmm. right? Awareness. The moment I'm catching myself not being aware, not being present, I know I'm being interfered mm-hmm. with and I clear that. How, what does that so, look like for you when you catch that moment? When you see it, um, well, I'm, I go through my own process of clearing. I clear energetically, and the moment I clear it, because body, I command body to clear it, and body will clear it. So there's many different levels of interference, right? That we get interference in thought forms, we get interference um, in terms of thinking things that are not ours and being pulled into other realities. So one of the questions I ask myself when, when I think something that is not of infinite being is not expansive, it is not joyful, it's not love, it's not compassion, not empathy, it's a judgment or it's polarity of some sort. The first thing I ask, is it me or something else? And because my body is so attuned to responding to me because I understand and have nurtured my body to uh, to amplify its connection and create and communicate with infinite being straight away I get an answer and this is what I do with clients you get that that answer is that mine or something else something else right clear mm-hmm. that I tell body to clear it and it clears it and I do it with everybody and straight away you can feel it it's like something it's like a hundred thousand bricks leaving your chest mm-hmm. right it literally you it clears and now you feel oh well there you are wow fancy meeting you again it's like mm-hmm. you're back to being you, 
right? Then there's other forms of interference, which is yours, right? Now, what, so, okay, so what's going on here? Why is this my, why am I a resonance for that thought or that experience or for that person or whatever it is? Because everything is frequency. We are always manifesting every second, every moment, every nanosecond of every day. Mm-hmm. Everything's frequency and we're always manifesting. So what am I a frequency for, match for? Why am I, is that on my alignment? Why am I a resonance for that? What's going on for me? And then you start realizing that's another form of interference. It's now emo- either emotional physical or energetic and if it's emotional it's probably um and it's probably embodied and there it might take a few layers to clear and that's again Mm. what i do with clients is clearing those layers from embodied interference because body is always the leader always and Mm -hmm. if it's got embodied interference it will be feeding back to you false information Mm -hmm. so also kind of reading between the lines i'm hearing that if we're living out of awareness, it's kind of infinite love. And so if we're experiencing self-doubt, criticism, uh, we're being hard on ourselves, yep. we're, we're judging ourselves, we're judging other people, that's always mind because awareness breeds Wouldn't out of love. No. And, and that the biggest enemy of infinite being is self-doubt and it's self-doubt and fear, mm-hmm. right? And there's two things about fear. One in my model of the world, fear is excitement rebranded. We are taught from a young age. When we're excited, we do something and guardians, parents, teachers would say, oh, no, be careful. And you're excited. You're excited. Mm-hmm. You're excited. Mm-hmm. And now so there's no, be careful. And now you're instilling fear. Mm-hmm. So we grow up believing this fear that is ex- this feeling that is actually excitement is fear. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a given, right? That's 100%. 100,000%. Given right, and the moment I clear that for people, it's like what? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, fear, the other form of fear, um, is one hundred percent interference. So here's a, here's a way you know if an emotion is yours, authentically yours. So you do meditation, you're going through your day, and you're feeling um, angry about something, right? Somebody's jumped a red light in front of you, something like that, right? Right. But then you go to the bank teller and now you're angry at the bank teller. Then you go to the shop and you're in the queue and somebody's really taking the time packing their bag and you're angry with them, right? So when you ask, when, when you realize that at the end of the day, because you did the meditation, you came out, somebody jumped a red light in front of you, you got angry. At the end of the day, you come home, you're so stressed and tired because you've been angry the whole day. You know, that was interference. Mm-hmm. If it was authentically authentic, your own anger, you would quickly go back to homeostasis. You'd quickly go back to it. Mm-hmm. The same when we're like happy and excited and all that sort of stuff, when it's generally, genuinely ours, we come back to a calm, serene homeostasis state of being. Mm-hmm. When it is interference, you go high and it's, it's like, it's all that. It's only that. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. That's the only answer. You can see nothing else. And, and you're just like, you're so infatuated with the concept, idea, whatever it is, or the person. Mm-hmm. What happens? You come crashing down to the other side. That's interference. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more of equanimity. It's not our authentic state of being. Mm-hmm. So the more aware we are, the more aware we can be. Is that mine or is that something else? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the more aware that we are, the more aware we can be about how we're experiencing moment to moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Some people say, yeah, but I've got to do all these things that I don't like. Yeah, well reframe it. I don't like doing my VAT returns. 
but I do it from a place of expansiveness. And when you do it from a place of expansiveness, you're doing it in a way that is so creative, you're collapsing time between the thought and the effect. I've got to do VAT returns. I go into an expansive state. I am in my whole authentic state of being because doing the VAT return serves me because I love, 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 love my business. Mm-hmm. And I get it done in super fast time. I collapse the time between the cause and the effect. The more we are moving on awareness, the more we collapse the time between cause and effect. Mm-hmm. That's why my, in my model of the world, the whole construct of divine timing and aligned timing is, not, and is a false light. It's mm-hmm. not true. We are time. How do we help our children? My little boy, we adopted our little boy. I feel like there's a little bit of a trauma there from... Um, before he was even born that he'll never understand. And maybe until he's a lot older um, and he's nine and all of a sudden he's having these big emotions, these self doubts and these fears are coming out to where I was saying, okay, we're going to learn that to snow ski this year. And he's like, well, what if I run into a tree? What if I fall down? He's just jumping to this negativity. Um, and that's not how we model it in our family. And so where is this coming from? How can I help him? What is, what is this about? And how do we help our little people? Um, remember that, you know, every child as parents, right, I'm saying this as, as from a point perspective of my model of the world and awareness, I do not have children, mm-hmm. but this is what I understand. I've not been fortunate to have, but, um, we are guardians of, of children that come into this world and mm-hmm. they have their, all their own path to, to journey through. Um, and they have their own agreements, their own contracts and all this sort of stuff that are anti-conscious, unconscious and in other dimensions. But when it starts becoming problematic and, and coming out in ways that are um, clearly not of infinite realms of, of the higher frequencies, um, that is an interference he's got. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? And, um, and as parents, we can clear that. One of the things that you could do is just like, you know, eye to eye, um, raise awareness with your son and say, what's his name? Jack. 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 Is that yours or is it something else? Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how honest children will be and how easy it is for them to get that awareness. Mm -hmm. Could you clear that? Could you disown that? Jack, not you, not yours. Mm -hmm. You're an infinite being. Just make the child aware yeah. of, their, of their connection, their truth. They're, they're very susceptible to that. They know. Mm-hmm. Somebody said something mean to him a couple of days ago, and he just held on to it. Um, and, and he knows it's not true. It was something about the way he looks, and it wasn't true. Um, but it was interesting how it, for two weeks he's been obsessing about this. It's, it's coming from an outside. It was one kid said something. Kids are going to do that. Um, and how it affected his self-esteem and really just kind of took him down. Um, and I mean, any other tips you have for our little people <laughs> would be super helpful. Um, you can clear that for him. Okay. This is important. Use your own awareness as a mom to energetically clear him. Because nothing in the 3D world will clear that. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that people, um, I feel, is a, a, a tragedy in our society, is we're trying to 
sort of heal all the time, trying to repair and heal. Matter changing matter. You can't do that. We are energy in a chemistry body. And when we look at it from an energetic perspective, what can we do energetically to create wholeness? Mm-hmm. All these modalities that, that do like all these things in the 3D world, that's matter trying to change matter. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Not going to happen. Like if you've been like bashing your head going from one modality to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, and wondering why it's not working. Well, it, and then people end up, well, it's either this whole self-development thing is a load of hogwash or what's wrong with me. Why does it mm-hmm. work for everyone else and not me? Well, it doesn't work for everyone else because otherwise other, everybody mm-hmm. would be going around in a state of Zen, high frequency, love, compassion, empathy, and in flow and ease. Mm-hmm. So you're saying words won't fix it because my words coming from my mind and my reality aren't going to fix it. You're going into his reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. By, try, by words, you're going into his reality. Mm-hmm. And you try and understand it from his reality with your own, as you just said, with your own perspective, your own judgments. You're trying mm-hmm. to- so you're saying that as a mom, I would have the ability to energetically clear him of that if I was in tune enough with my own? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes goals definitely <laughs> I've, I've got clients doing that all the time I've got uh, clients clearing their children all the time mm-hmm. and so do you teach courses on this how how do you help clients do that yeah, well first of all I clear a client 100% get them clear and there's many different again there's a there's nuances that I have not touched on here mm-hmm. again because they would be a mm-hmm. whole thing in itself um so I clear the various elements right um first they're clear 100%. Then once they're cleared of all embodied interference, then I basically show you, teach you how to how to stay clear mm-hmm. yourself and how to clear and keep your family clear as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that once you clear people and you teach them how to clear themselves, that is a slow, long, arduous process or does it move quickly or does it vary? All right. Let me give you an example. Last week, I got my clients to do something for me. I'd got them to choose two highest, most important priorities in their life. Mm-hmm. What are the two? And I said two because I knew one of them is going to be money. I knew it. Everyone's going to choose money. Mm-hmm. Right? So, okay, so get money out of the way. Let's do that one anyway. But what is really important to you? Because money is just the effect. It's not the cause, right? And um, so, so I said two, take two. And write down all and any one of your fixed points of view, because fixed points of view is interference as well. Write down them all. And some people really struggle. Some people, it flowed. But I got um, thousands of fixed points of views written back to me. Mm -hmm. I cleared it. So I said to them, right, now you're clear. I cleared it. Like, I told them I was going to do it last Thursday week. And... um, they, I've told them now to get come back to me with each one of those on a scale of one to ten, where they are. Ten being still one hundred percent there, and one being not there at all. One hundred percent of them have come back to me with their ratings for every single one of their points of view, and ninety nine percent of them are non-existent. They're saying they cannot believe they wrote that down. Mm-hmm. They do not relate to that. How did they, that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tricking them that they didn't write that down. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. I have it in writing. 
Yeah. It's coming in. All these feedbacks is coming in. I'm seeing it over and over and over again. So I'm doing version two next week, which is going to be even more electric. Mm-hmm. So they don't have those points of view anymore. Classic sort of mm-hmm. point of view. People don't understand what a fixed point of view is. Like, for example, you've got to work hard for money. It's a classic one, but, you know, um, but that's an example. Or I, I'm not clever enough. Or I'll never understand how to get clients or whatever it is, whatever the points of view are, or I'm, I, I'm, I will never find a partner or I'm not good enough or people don't understand me or whatever the thing is, I'm unworthy. Mm-hmm. I'm too wounded. I'm too damaged. Whatever the points of view are, mm-hmm. they are now saying, I didn't say that. that, that that's mm-hmm. not me. They cannot relate to it. And that was, mm-hmm. it took me moments to do that. So you clear them and then you teach them how to clear themselves and other people? I don't, it's not my job to teach them to clear other people, but Mm -hmm. they get, they're empowered to clear their, um, when I say it's not my job, because everybody has to find their own way. My thing is Mm -hmm. that this is my way. And when I'm working with my clients, I encourage them to hear what I have to say, to listen to my awareness, let it land for them. And for them to ask for awareness from their infinite source, where it fits for them and what else is possible for them mm-hmm. so that they go and do it in their way, not my, not my way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So empower them to do it their way in, in to get their connect their or be the authentic projection of their truth, not my truth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. But with children where they might be too young to understand some of this stuff, they are of the same blood. They, and they're energetically connected. They can actually clear their own children, Mm -hmm. of course. You know, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, So when, when you lose, here's the important point about that. When you lose attachment to a fixed point of view, for example, I'm too wounded or too damaged to be a millionaire, for example, Um, when you lose attachment to that that's no longer your reality yes Mm -hmm. you're now in the what is possible energy what else is possible and immediately you're saying that your whole chest opens up so what else is possible Mm -hmm. that's a very different frequency to be a to be a vibrational match for all sorts of things rather than i'm too wounded and damaged to be a millionaire right yeah I mean, I've heard a lot of those people with a scarcity mindset, or they think that they um, aren't worthy of receiving money. And, and when they do that work, that hard work, all of a sudden the, the money starts flowing in and things start moving because they've released that point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is though, there are many modalities out there that you can do and it will take time, a lot of modalities, but it might, it takes time. You've got to actually do the work. What I'm saying is you can do it like that and mm-hmm. clear it like that. And once they've been through it, my, that work with me, they get cleared and they know how to now stay clear themselves. Yeah, nice. You know, they, they know the moment they uh, catch themselves with a point of view, ah, there you are, little devil. Okay, let's clear yeah. that. 
Yeah. So they're empowered to stay clear of attachments to fixed point of view. So from my my perspective, I'm always evolving. And everything, who I am now is not who I'll be tonight, tomorrow, next mm-hmm. week. And it's not who I was last night or last week, right? I'm ever evolving and I'm open for that. Therefore, I wouldn't, I will not carry fixed points of view. My points of view are always current. I will not defend them. I do not have to justify them. They are what they are mm-hmm. right now. Nice. And that keeps you out of polarization, out of having to align and agree and uh, resist and react. Keeps mm. you centered. Yeah. Out of polarity, out of duality, in the energy of what else is possible. Yeah. So how do people find you? What are your offerings? How do they work with you, connect with you? Hmm. Well, I'm on Facebook. That's mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I'm a little bit on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Judy V Prosperity. Is my page or Judy Fennikirk, which is my full name, um, which is my Facebook profile. And I'd, most of the stuff I do obviously is clearing, um, clearing people of um, um, getting them clear to a canvas, a clear canvas, mm-hmm. a, clear, a clear state. Without the points of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Points of view, um, um, emotion, embodied, emotional and embodied interference, um, thought form interference. Um, um, false memory implants, all all the different things, all the different ways. I clear all of that, and then empower them to stay clear for them and their family. Um, so that's the one thing that I do, um, which I call energetic freedom unleashed. Um, yeah, it nice. is the most life changing um, experience. I mean, people feel it immediately. It's immediate. Anything in the energetic realms, and here's anything in the energetic realms is immediate. And when you clear that immediate, when I'm when we're clearing all that now that when you're clear of all of that, now you can harmonize body, being, and planet. Now you've cleared all the all the interference, locking and locking down your energy centers, your thalamus, your uh, pituitary gland, your pineal gland, your magnetic energy field. All that now is open and free, and I'm able to amplify the energy of that. And now you're a vibrational zing. Now you're in the higher frequencies, and it's about maintaining that. And the way you maintain that is by amplifying your awareness, which we have a practice, which I, my, my guys, my clients have a daily practice of amplifying that awareness. So always aware when they're out of that vibrational zinc to get back into it. Because when we create in the field and we are that, we collapse the time between the cause and the effect. And that's what magic and miracles, where things just don't make logical sense. Things happen for you and come to you in ways that make no logical sense at all and you do not waste any time trying to understand it Mm -hmm. you just accept and what else is possible Mm -hmm. i love it yeah (laughs) thank you judy this has been fun this has been so interesting fascinating i i resonate with a lot of what you're saying and then a lot is is new to me so i appreciate i appreciate you and your time today so much Thank you. I really appreciate it. I know we went everywhere and all over the place. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com, N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.